And welcome back. I am Christian Shabu. I'm George Black. And it has been such a epic three weeks that we've had uh, with the Men Up work, George. We, we three weeks ago launched Raise Men Up, a campaign to raise $5,000 of investment in our Men Up work here in New Haven and across the country. And we're at $1,500 right now. It has been a huge effort on our part, but more importantly, it has just been so inspiring to see the amount of people excited, interested, and willing to devote their time and energy to Men Up. Yeah, and I'm really excited about some of the upcoming things that are gonna be happening. So knowing that the money that is being invested is going to go towards powerful programming, that starts this week. We're going to be doing workshops tomorrow in high schools. We're also going to be launching two really cool events on the 19th and on the 5th of of May, a game night and a workout event. And I'm really excited just to interact with the community and really begin to spread more and more about this Mendup message. What's been really cool is that we have a leadership team beyond just you and myself, and it consists of seven other young men. Uh, Some of them are in high school. Some of them are young men that we've had the opportunity to mentor over the years. And what's been really cool to see is they have really taken the ownership of these community events and building them out powerfully and are excited and so that's really cool to watch. And also the once a month that we bring the team together when we have conversation with them, right? Like they, they are always just so powerful and so thoughtful. And, and I'm just always so appreciative of them being in my life. Like even now as, a, as an adult man, like the perspective that I get from these young men uh, is really powerful, right? And I, I think that's just a reminder that the work that we're doing with Men Up and the way that we're approaching it, that this isn't a one-way communication that like as older men, like we're seeking other older men to just give wisdom to younger men, but this is a this is a place of conversation uh, so that we can actually affect change, affect individual actions and a collective movement of literally Men Up. So if you have not checked out the campaign yet, please do so. GoFundMe.com slash Men Up. Also, check, like, share, love our Facebook page, Men Up. Check, like, share, love all of that. All of that. Thank you kindly. Whatever you can do. Emojis. (laughs) Any combination of those four will be appreciative. Well, I always forget like now that Facebook has like the 30 different ways that you can react to a post. (laughs) I'm never quite sure how to react to posts. Some people actually have like a purple and yellow bouquet of flowers as like one of the ways that they can like a post. I don't have a yellow and purple bouquet of flowers. I was upset. Are you giving somebody like a LA Lakers themed bouquet of flowers? Like, is that what's Mm. happening? It wasn't gold and purple. It was, it was yellow and lavender. Got it. That's different. What I appreciate is that you rolled with the analogy of the Lakers, even though you're somebody that doesn't particularly care, like, focus on sports, (laughs) period. But you went with it, and I appreciate that, George. Because you're my friend, and friends roll with metaphors that don't necessarily apply to their lives. That is true. Mm -hmm. That is true. So today, this week on the podcast, we are going to be talking about some really powerful movements that have been on the front lines and in the headlines, and we want to talk about what they are, how they're different, and then also how men can partner with these movements. Those two movements are the Me Too movement, which is really powerful here in the States. They're both national movements, but the Me Too movement is is really powerful here in the States, and the Time's Up movement is particularly powerful in the UK right now, um, in Europe. So uh, just thinking about how can we 
look at those. What are they doing in the world? What does the fact that they're so big mean for this time? And then also, how can men uh, line up and, and get ready to partner with those things? What I really appreciated about you sharing the article is like, not only does it allow me to better understand both movements, but also understand the idea of allyship even more. Yeah. But also, I think that there are some lessons that we can learn about men up from these movements, right? Like we're trying to create a movement here, right? And so I think it's always powerful to learn from the other movements that have been super successful, right? And not just, it's interesting to note, and it talks about this in the article a little bit, that like both movements are, are getting their stage right now, like center stage in, in pop culture, if you will, but but have been around for a lot longer than the amount of time that a lot of people have been paying attention, right? So that's always powerful to remember that movements have so much groundwork that's done with them over years. We're just getting this thing started, you know, and how exciting that is, but how also that means that we can we cannot get weary and well-doing, right? We can continue to strive and know that one day this thing may be able to reach people and touch lives and impact people in ways that we can't even imagine. So for you, reading the article, what were some of the key points in understanding the distinction between me too and time's up right because i think one of the things that has been challenging i'm assuming for the movement but because i've heard this from other people is that like both sort of get lumped in together they get conflated together as like oh yeah they're both movements are dealing in equality for women and like fairer conditions in general right which is true right and both are very distinct in what they're doing and should be should be spoken about and also get the kind of shine specific for each thing that they're trying to accomplish. The difference between Time's Up and Me Too is that Me Too focuses, one, more on awareness, specifically around women, sexual assault, sexual abuse, empowering women to share their stories around that and to not feel shame around those things. So that's really powerful. A lot of that happens in the workplace. And so Me Too focuses a little bit of a lot on what that looks like in the workplace, but it's not kind of siloed to the workplace. Time's Up, on the other hand, is more of a practical movement. It focuses more on, yes, so we understand that there are disparities in the workplace. Time's Up talks a lot more about wage gaps and the way women are treated, which ultimately includes sexual abuse and and, and, and and men abusing their power, but it's not confined to that. And then it talks about and is more focused on a concern with how do we take those things, these concerns, and make them in and make tangible change? How do we actually decrease the number of sexual assaults that are happening, not just bring awareness awareness to it? How do we not just talk about the wage gap? How do we actually uh, tighten up the wage gap. One of the creators of Time's Up said that uh, Time's Up is the practical step to me too. So they kind of overlap in that way. Got it, got it. So we should shout out and pay respect and love to the two founders, right? So Absolutely. founder of the Me Too movement is Tarana Burke. Uh, and one of the founders of the Time's Up movement is Christy Haubegger. Uh, so shout out to them. Thank you, ladies, and all of y'all who are doing that work in both movements. I think that it is important also to understand, particularly with, with Me Too, right, that so much of the recent conversation came up really with 
allegations and and the subsequent like revealing of just the horrendousness that was decades worth of um, sexual abuse and harassment that were from Harvey Weinstein, right? Mm -hmm. That the Me Too movement gets framed often like around just sexual harassment and violence like in the context of like the workplace, but like it goes beyond that, right? That like this is about um, sexual harassment and abuse, period. Definitely. Right. And so, and so, like that's a distinction to remember too. Is like because it certainly needs to be dealt with in the workplace, but but this is also a movement that is that is tackling sexual harassment and violence on women in general. So when I hear "Times Up," I'm really interested in in "Times Up" concerning what, like what "Times Up" about what, "Times Up" on what, and it really has struck me as I continue to read about it that "Times Up" is talking about the disparity, but also the the place where the power has been held, right? This idea that, and we've talked about this a little bit, this idea that the world is moving in a direction where men are not the primary holders of power. The world is in a way dissatisfied with that structure, with that system. And men have to be in a place where we can move with that. It's time's up for uh, that that system that, that solely empowers men to continue to solely empower men. Which is patriarchy, right? The yep. idea of men in power, right? Yep. In, every, in every facet of life, men in power, the leader, all of those sorts of things, right? right? The focus, the person that everything is kind of catered to. I think what's interesting is thinking about, okay, if if that's the one of the aims of both both movements, right? Like they, they frame it in different ways, language-wise, and what their specific focus is. But like that's that's their aim, right? At least in part. Us as men, the question then becomes like, okay, so then how how do we become a part of this movement? How do we exist as allies, right? Because that's that's what we need to be in these movements. At least in my opinion, is 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 how are we allies? And and I think the thing that's interesting, just in general, is over the last several years this idea uh, of allyship like that's that's a word that's a concept that i don't know about for you but but for myself growing up like that wasn't really an idea that i heard on an everyday basis right now like this is a conversation that i feel like i'm either indirectly or certainly getting new knowledge or or reading articles or or seeing right in conversation uh in in social media and online this idea of allyship and what does it mean to be a powerful ally. So I think that's what's interesting about uh, this article in general, because I think it starts to lay that out a little bit. And, and where I want to start um, is specifically with the Me Too movement. And, and in this article, Tarana Burke, uh, in being interviewed, uh, talks about like what the motto is, essentially, of Me Too. And the motto is simply empowerment through empathy, mm. which leads then to, I think, one of the first things that we can do as allies, mm-hmm. which is if you're going to empower through empathy... The action step there is to listen. What does it look like for us to take a posture where we actually sit back and instead of wondering where we are at the table, listen to the people who are speaking, right? And so in this case, that's women. And in both of these movements, it's primarily women. And what does it mean for us to say, okay, I'm going to listen to the experience of women now. I'm not going to border that down by also continuously asking where I am at the table. What does it look like for me to to honor and value the experience that women are sharing in these movements 
and, and to show empathy in that way. I've found myself reflecting on the women that have been in my life consistently for a number of years, right? And there's, there's a handful of those women. And in conversations with them over decades now, it has been revealed at different times that they have certainly experienced sexual harassment mm. and abuse, whether that is in the workplace or in school settings, right? Or in their relationships. Every single woman. I reflect on some of those conversations and I think about how in those moments I wasn't fully listening and what that looked like. Sometimes my response in hearing their initial like revealing of what happened was to just get really angry, right? And to to immediately like lash out and not at them, right? But like to get angry in the moment. That's not really listening, right? Like that's that conversation or at least that moment is becoming more about me than it is about them. Yeah. Right? Or in other instances like trying to get further in the conversation and understand but asking questions that were more about like rationalizing out the situation and trying to make sense of it than just listen to their experience. Period. Literally stop talking. I mean, like that's one of the practices that we can do sometimes as men, right? And we were talking about this with our with our young men uh, in our leadership team earlier this week when we were talking about some of the ways in which uh, we silence women, right? Mm -hmm. Implicitly and explicitly. And one of those is like sometimes we just fill the air when there's silence because I don't know for a bunch of reasons because we want to lead because we're we feel awkward with silence. I don't know, but like sometimes like we just need to not talk. It's us trying to maintain a certain amount of control in a situation, right? Burke cites this idea of her focus on survivorship and healing of these experiences that women have. And what's interesting to me is how much of that healing has to do with the fact that when women share, they're often not heard. And so not only are they dealing with the trauma of having experienced sexual abuse or assault, they are also dealing with the trauma of not having been heard when they share their experience. And so listening actually is a way to foster healing. We ally not just by being quiet. It is not a passive thing to listen. Listening is not a passive thing. When we listen, we actually create spaces where people, in this place women, can heal. And we also prevent what could also be uh, compound trauma, just allowing women to speak and to know that their experience is heard and validated. It, it is important to know, and I think what's really interesting about this article is that the, the founders of Time's Up in this article pay tribute and respect to the Me Too movement Me Too, yeah. and, to, and to Burke, right? And because they're saying that that was like, that movement was very much the foundation of their movement, mm -hmm. right? And that's important to note, like that that timeline, I think, because the, the Me Too movement has actually been around for six plus years, yep. right? And and only recently got, you know, sort of heightened in the national conversation because of the tweets that uh, Alyssa Milano started yeah. as a result of the Harvey yeah. Weinstein shit show. So that's just important to note, like just, just paying that respect and that understanding and knowing how movements build upon each other. It got me thinking though, as men, we should be in allyship of these movements, right? But then what does it also mean for us to do the work, right? And I think that like that's sort of where the foundations for Men Up is. Like it's one thing to be an ally, but you also need to do 
some work on your own, right? right. A, a lot of times we hear from different movements um, in different circumstances, whether they're movements around socioeconomics or their movements around racial equality. We hear a lot of times that some of the struggle that 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 leaders or people that are really at the core of those movements expresses that when folks want to ally and want to partner like they then put the responsibility on oh so you tell me how to mm. how to do the work mm -hmm. for me personally right like as a as a white heterosexual cisgendered male mm -hmm. right like there are a bunch of movements that i want to be and try to be in my actions and ally to mm -hmm. and it is not responsible for me or appropriate for me to to put it all on other people to say like how should I best ally or like how should oh, I best good. do the work right and like that's where at least for me like men up comes up right like this is this is a place for me to say no I am going to actually do this work powerfully and and doing this work means helping men of course redefine masculinity and manhood but it's really about our relationship to power and where we seek power yeah. and have traditionally seeked power and ultimately like how that hasn't been powerful at all it's so interesting that you say that because I hadn't thought about it in that way until you just said it. When I think about issues of race, I, I often think about that, right? Like, so I, as a black man, I, I ultimately think that it is the responsibility of white people to, to help other white people see the issue around race, right? It's so crazy that as a man, which is a place of privilege, that I did not attach the fact that it is also my, like, as a man, it's my responsibility to help other men figure out how we can ally and support women. So as we wrap up here, what are a few of the takeaways that you got from this article, whether it is the distinction between both movements, whether it is uh, ways to powerfully ally or something else? Like, What are you taking away from this article that you could apply regularly to your life? There's a responsibility for me to, yes, to partner and to do work when it comes to working with men, but also to say, it is okay that this movement is about women. That's okay, right? It doesn't, it doesn't invalidate it if it doesn't open itself up to men. This can talk about the experience of women, and if we wanna talk about the very, very real aspect of men who experience sexual abuse, we can start a movement, right? Uh, but we don't have to belittle these movements uh, in order to, to make that happen. We can create space too. There's a, a moment in the article uh, that I wanna read here briefly to get mm -hmm. to my point, which is the article goes on to say, and Burke wants people to understand that the Me Too movement is more than just a hashtag. It is, she says, in quotes, the start of a larger conversation and a space of community healing for all. Mm. I think what's really powerful to be reminded of there is number one like we live in a time where because of social media things can get reduced to elements that don't fully allow us to understand what what something's all about right so like what my hope is is that with this movement and, and i want to make sure that i continue in whether it's my daily conversations or the way that i post things on social media that i am not reducing the me too movement simply to just a hashtag mm -hmm. right or, or belittling it in that way because there are there are six years worth of work done with this movement well before and there is work being done right now that isn't just people sharing their stories and hashtagging it although that is incredibly powerful yeah. that is just one element of this movement so like that's always important to remind ourselves of i think with movements that they are multifaceted and we should not reduce them down to one thing so it just reminded me of that number two is that the idea of 
larger conversation equaling community healing, right? And this comes back to this point of mm -hmm. listening and like that's such a key part of conversation. And that as a, as a man in these conversations that pertain to the Me Too movement, the Time's Up movement around the patriarchy and how that has just been so incredibly disempowering to women over a number of years, I'm gonna find myself in conversations that are going to be uncomfortable. And I'm probably gonna hear things that I don't necessarily want to hear, that are hard to hear, and I need to hear them. Mm -hmm. And I need to create the space to hear those things. Because mm -hmm. that's the only way that we actually get to healing and reconciliation. Women are being vulnerable enough to share stories, to do work, to say that these things are happening, to deal with the backlash that comes with, with being out front, up front about those, right? And then it's time for men to be value, uh, vulnerable as well, right? Because without dual, mutual vulnerability, reconciliation can't happen. So it's it's literally like what what like balls in our court. Look at that. We came back to basketball at the end of the podcast. We started with the Lakers. <laughs> we're ending with basketball. George, we're slowly getting you to be a sports fan. That's not happening. Well, until next time, I'm Christian Shabu. I'm George Black. And we appreciate you all for listening.